This podcast is made possible by Sage People and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Alan Hockey, CFO ServiceMaster, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 424. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Some of you may recall how in episode 422, David Morris, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy, shared how Guardian outfitted its many pharmacy locations with a highly dynamic dashboard. We speak to Brett about Guardian and much, much more after these words from our sponsor. Hello, Jack here. I have a message for you from the folks at Sage People. Decisions about your people should be driven by data. But is your HR department still using spreadsheets to keep track of your people? It's time to move to cloud. Understand what makes your employees tick. Know your best performers or determine absence trends. All with a cloud HR and people system. Sage People empowers organizations to respond quickly and easily to changing priorities in today's shifting world of work. It means you can make sure your workforce is able to adapt while staying connected and engaged wherever they are. Discover how to get instant insights at your fingertips. Visit us today at sageintech.com forward slash sage dash people. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney with some great news. As we were recording this episode, we received notice that David Morris, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy, has accepted our invitation to participate in a live webinar on October 11th, along with Brett Knowles, also featured on this episode. Brett is a performance management guru and dashboard expert. Our discussion, of course, the new age of dashboards is here. Also joining us will be Michael Schultz of Blackline, our sponsor. We want to thank Blackline for making this possible. It's their back office automation that is allowing finance leaders to more efficiently close their books and set their sights on strategic data and analysis. We hope you'll join us on October 11th, 1 p.m. Eastern, and ask our guests questions about dashboards in real time. To register, just visit cfothoughtleader.com. Now here's today's episode. Okay, 
Dark Card Days with Dr. Kathleen Norton. And just to be clear, I don't want to dwell too much on the history here. Uh, what I asked Brett to talk about with us is where dashboards are today. It seems like every organization says it has a dashboard. Some of you who uh, listened to our episode with David Morris, uh, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy, David related some of what's been achieved uh, with their dashboards. And in fact, I, I went ahead and I shared that episode with Brett, and that kind of became the catalyst for this episode. Brett, you promised to reflect on some of what Guardian uh, is up to, and we'll get to that. Uh, but first, I want to ask you to look back uh, to the early 90s uh, when the, uh, the balance scorecard first came to be, and uh, at least in my shorthand way, uh, of remembering things. The scorecard was innovative in multiple ways, but more than anything, it provided management with not only uh, lagging indicators, but leading indicators. And it's hard to believe up to that time, uh, most organizations relied only on lagging indicators. Uh, so how did I do it? My, my shorthand mostly right? Now, Kathleen and Martin, I deserve any and all credit you can heap on them, so uh, keep it coming. The, um, the, the manifestation, the key thing that they brought to the table is uh, described by different people in different ways. As some people say it's just the use of financial and non-financial measures. So, uh, it just so happens every single financial measure is always, by definition, a lagging measure, because... What dollars do is they convert real activity into a, a universal unit of measure called currency. Uh, but to do that, I have to wait till that activity has occurred, and then I can, um, out of the other heads, like the company used to do, activities costing and so forth, to come up with a financial view. So they're always lagging. Um, so whether you define it by leading or lagging, or financial and non-financial, um, but that's certainly a key attribute. I, I think another key attribute that they brought to bear is the idea of perspectives. The idea that an organization is multidimensional. And if you think of a cube, a, you know, a cardboard box, if I look at it from the top, or, or, or better yet, I don't know, a, a coffee mug, if I look at it from the top, it's a circle. If I look at it from the side, it's a trapezoid. If I look at three quarter view, it's a, a cylinder or a, a, a cone. Each perspective is useful for a different activity, the financial view versus customer versus internal, uh, and uh, describes your organization in a different way. And so, in addition to leading lagging, it gave us the concept of perspective. And again, that's a useful concept at the strategic level. So, back to the scorecard, the, you know, what the senior team does, it's got strategy, it's got perspectives, it's got financial and non-financial measures. That's what I need to see the dimensionality of data at the top of the house. But as I cascade down the organization, as I move from the executives down to the person at the drive-thru window, at a certain point, there is no more strategy. It's all tactics. So the person at the drive-thru window, their job is to keep their cycle time down to less than three minutes. Uh, they've got to give you your, your phone, you know, give you the change, whatever it is that you do. Those tasks are like 
uh, the dashboard of your car. So just a series of data points that, in this case, they have a goal of getting completed inside of a three-minute cycle, the goal for your driving cars to get to work on time, and so forth. So at a certain point, I don't need a scorecard anymore. I just need a dashboard. And so as the timeline for the activity gets shorter to order, or that lower level of the organization, you tend to move more towards a dashboard, which just lays out the data points, and as a process expert, you work to optimize them. I think the name dashboard has been widely adopted, and it means different things in different organizations today. Uh, and what a dashboard was, say, 10 years ago, is something different from what a dashboard is today, am I correct? On many levels, yes. A dashboard is different now than it was a decade ago. And so let's go one in a decade and, and see what it was and, and then fast forward to see what it now is. Uh, I'd say a decade ago, two decades ago, when we did our initial research on the battle scorecard, it was uh, super tough to get monthly data. If you're lucky, you could get uh, quarterly data that was non-financial and monthly data that was financial. And, and we consider ourselves pretty lucky at that. Uh, whereas now, of course, if we fast forward, uh, we're concerned if, if the data wasn't updated in the last now second or two. Uh, you know, many of our clients tell us, uh, you know, gosh, they spend uh, three days not updating their Facebook or their blog posts or podcasts, and they get anxious about wanting to look at their dashboard to see what's happened. Like, that's the speed of response we currently get. So, part of the issue of 10 years ago versus now is the pace of business. It's just so much faster. And the availability of data. But 10 years ago, when we described uh, a scorecard, a scorecard is a tool that uh, puts the data into context. And the context is strategic context. And, that, and, and therefore, often aggregates data and aggregates it over a chunk of time, let's say um, a, a week or a month. And the framework for that is this. The, the more senior you are in the organization, the higher you are in the organization, the further out in time you need to look. So the, the chairman's looking out five to ten years, and the executive team's looking out five to ten quarters. And the line manager at five to ten months, and eventually get down to the person at the drive through window who's looking out five to ten minutes. So, as you get more senior, you look out farther out in time, and senior people need to look at a scorecard where the data is put into strategic context. And so, for what I mean, let's say you've got a strategy that says we're going to penetrate new markets, and you're going to penetrate those markets with new products. So, anything we do towards developing new products or entering those new markets is strategically of greater value to us than selling the same product inside the same market. In other words, a dollar is not a dollar. A dollar that I earn towards that strategic goal is worth more than a dollar I earn in that old market. Uh, the best example I can think of is. Apple. At, at some point, there's a transition, right? Apple used to be the chosen tool for photographers and graphic artists and stuff. And at some point in time, uh, the iPad came along, and it changed how the Apple technology was used 
kind of becomes an business, and it became a, a mainstream business tool. Well, that transition from is a small niche market uh, with very uh, narrow application to what it is now. At some point in time, there must have been an Apple salesperson. Imagine this: you're sitting in the store, and on the left side, you have all these computers that you know sell the graphic artists. It's the best thing since sliced bread. People put Apple tattoos on their bodies. That's how strong the brand is. And the right, you have this mystery box. There's no operating system. No one knows how to use it. It, it just, it's a completely awkward and different thing. Where would I spend my time selling? Try to focus on that known product on the left and not focus on this unknown thing where you invest all sorts of time and, and effort and may or may not make my commission. So, what ends up happening is when you have those um, strategic changes in an organization, I need an instrument to show that salesperson that if I sell one iPad, I earn five times as much credit as I do if I sell that one full of computer. So that's a scorecard. It helps us put the performance into the strategic context. And it should be such that anyone can meet that scorecard, whether I'm in that business or not. A compare and contrast is a dashboard. If you think of the dashboard of your car, that dashboard gives you more real-time data. It's not aggregated over a month from the second thing is, you have to be a, a process expert to understand it. If you put a three-year-old behind the, the dashboard of your car, they wouldn't understand it. No different than if I plunked you into a, a, a you know, Boeing 777 or a Airbus 380, that dashboard would not make any sense to you because you're not a process expert. So the key two things are dashboards in your real time. You have to be a process expert to understand them. Uh, and the third part is it doesn't tell you the strategy. When you're sitting in your car looking at your dashboard, it doesn't tell you the strategic objective you have. Are you going to the hospital in an emergency? In which case, maybe you check, uh, you go to the check engine light. Are you going for a scenic drive in the country? In which case, I don't know, go toll roads or something. And so the idea is with a dashboard, the strategy is in the reader's head, as is the process and the ability to understand it. So that's a long-winded way to talk about what scorecards were and what dashboards were. Now that uh, clarifies things nicely. What, what I find challenging now as I speak to different finance leaders, however, is what's cutting edge today or what distinguishes dashboards today from five, ten years ago, say? What's, what's new and different? Great question, because I think what happens now is, uh, and by the way, the definition I just gave you of scorecard dashboards, you know, real time data, no strategy, and so on, is uh, not written on any tab anywhere. It's just the, uh, the aggregate, generalized context in which our clients for the last 30 years have been using that term. So it's, it's not a high definition, but on the whole, if you think of a dashboard, near real time, process expert, whether it's Inside the space shuttle, um, or uh, your car, or an aircraft, it's all about real-time um, process experts. So, but not reinvestment. I think where things are getting different now and getting really interesting. I think we've literally inside of the last year we've hit this uh, epoch where things are now different. The more schmuck 
the scorecard ideas and the dashboard ideas together. In other words, we now recognize that every employee is part of that strategy. And every employee, every transaction has to be seen in that strategic context. Strategy is finally everybody's job. But I can only do that if the strategy cascades down to my dashboard. So imagine I'm back to that, that Apple salesperson. How do I give them a dashboard that would, and I'm sure it didn't happen, but you know, at least it's a, a, a made-up example that we can relate to. Think of any old standard product on the left and this new uh, innovative thing on the right. How does I encourage that rep to sell more of this innovative thing on the right? What if I can give them more points for it? So if I sell one of these things on the left, the old product to an old customer, I get one point. But if I sell this other product, which might not make the company as much money, it might uh, you know, have all sorts of support issues and all sorts of other complications, but my strategy says I want to move in that direction, they get 10 points for any one of those they sell. Now, hopefully those points get converted into some reward structure in the fullness of time, but even if it didn't, uh, if, we, if we take a look at you know, online gaming, it's addictive. Yet no one ever gets paid for it. And in that online gaming, that's exactly what happens. I understand if I deal with that, that challenge of that monster on the left as opposed to the one on the right, I earn more points. And so, uh, you know, there are you know, millions of people that are addicted to this game of uh, using strategy to be able to uh, more effectively uh, play their online games. And if we apply that back to work, what people call, call the gamification of business, we can now give that person a dashboard. Imagine this. They're, they're coming home, they're on the bus, they're taking a look at their phone, and they go, hey, look, I earned 50 more strategy points this week than I did last week. What did I do differently? Well, I sold uh, you know, three product, you know, three customers. I sold uh, multiple products to them. Um, I processed a more complicated invoice. I, I did a multi-currency transaction. Whatever it is in my world, I can begin to literally level up. Like, that dashboard, I'm no longer looking at dollars. Uh, I'm looking at strategy points. I can begin to uh, make real-time decisions about when someone walks in that door and they hang towards the left side, the old products, maybe I ignore them, and someone else walks in and they head towards the right side of the store, the new products, that's the one I'm going to focus on because I can earn more points. Okay. I, I want to share with you uh, the clip of David Morris discussing his uh, dashboards and have you uh, share some thoughts on it. But uh, before we do, uh, I've asked you to look back. I've asked you where we are now. Uh, can, can you look into the future for us, maybe? And uh, where are we headed with dashboards? And uh, we're, we're sitting with some, some, some flights in Europe a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we're talking about this, this very conversation um, for perhaps uh, far too many beers. Uh, and this, these are a bunch of uh, new digital upstarts, uh, and the average age must have been, I'm going to say, 2025. 20, and uh, the idea came that you know, what we're trying to describe here is almost like that fighter pilots having their airplane, but uh, you know, things are happening so fast they can't even afford to look down the dashboard. The dashboard has to be projected up onto the windshield uh, while they're flying. And it's called a heads up display. Uh, and so, as people start getting wacky, they say, well, why don't we do that? Why don't we make an executive head-up display? So, on your 
devices uh, or the computer screen or something where they're heads up doing emails and other stuff, they're constantly getting this data back, sort of the executive type head-up display. Uh, and then someone else said, well, yeah, but, you know, it says too many army connotations and that's just got a bad feel for us here in Europe. Um, what we're really looking for is something, that, but the time is too long, right? You need something that's real time and you need something that also describes strategy. Uh, we actually need this real-time strategy dashboard. And um, that was me, the old guy, saying that the last part. And about three guys really fell off their, their chair. And, and one of the women said, well, you know, there's a, a genre of online gaming that's called ITS, real-time strategy. And the application that we've just been talking about is what those games are all about. They're, where you know, real player games where uh, you're presenting these challenges in real time, you've got a bunch of tools with you, uh, whether they're guns and swords or Excel uh, uh, spreadsheets and salesforce.com, but they're tools that you have to be able to uh, understand what the situation is and deploy your strategy in real time. So the concept seems to be taking really the thing that's called RTS dashboards, real-time strategy dashboards. And so that's where the, the scorecards and dashboards of 10 years ago have kind of merged into this one thing. It's a weak class of company that you're, you know, you have to be a certain weight class to adopt these types of sophisticated uh, real-time to some extent, Jack, I've got to chuckle as you ask that question because uh, you and I were having a conversation that seems to me not that long ago where you're saying to me that you uh, not updated your blog post for a couple of days and you're worried what the dashboard was going to tell you. So, entry level is one person, apparently. Interesting. All right. Um, uh, it's not a, right? Like, I was painting you in the corner for some time on that one. So, but the answer is. Uh, in a, in a more, uh, more serious answer is no, there's no weight limit. Uh, in fact, there's a, a company we recently came across called Portfolio that what they do is they build a dashboard that automatically harvests from your LinkedIn site and your Facebook page and your Salesforce.com stuff. And so you don't have to do any of the point. So, uh, you know, a, a seller shingle can uh, get this service and have a real-time strategy dashboard showing literally within an hour or two with your data. So there's no size barrier now because these cloud-based providers are making software available to you, a single shingle, that 10 years ago would have to be a, a large organization to build up for that amount of development. Okay, so uh, before we go any further, I do want to play uh, this clip from our discussion, uh, or my discussion with David Morris, uh, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy. Some of you might recall it was only episode 422, not too long ago, uh, that we did uh, a full interview with David, uh, where he talked about their unusual dashboards. Uh, Brett, again, I just would love to for you to share sort of a reality check here. I thought they were doing something pretty innovative, and it involved both uh, technology as well as how they're uh, using their people and broadening uh, the role of the controller. But let's play the clip. Here's David.
complexity of these businesses is vast. Our margins are tight, so that means we really have to manage what we're doing. So you think about the controller's role is to take the financial information and study it and communicate it in the local organization so that they can affect change. Um, the, the first um, is the revenue cycle piece. I mean, so our local financial you know, leaders are responsible for that, making sure we get the prescriptions billed correctly and then that we get the cash in the bank and we've got a team that helps them with that. So the whole revenue cycle workflow process is very complex in the pharmacies and they're involved in that. Uh, the second thing that this group works with is all the data we provide. I mean, sort of a aha moment for us uh, around six years ago um, we, we saw the complexities of the business growing and knew that we had to have more relevant, timely data at our fingertips to run these businesses. So, you know, we launched off on a project to develop our own data warehouse. You know, so, I mean, we've got all the core financial matters tied down. So, financial accounting works fine. Things like implementing AFC 606 is underway private company, uh, dealing with EY and uh, doing quarterly reviews and annual audits, we've got that nailed down. We have a very strong uh, financial team here, but what differentiates us is the operational accounting back to our local finance people. So these dashboards and data that we've developed help them locally with all the things they've got to do from operating metrics and the cost of uh, preparing and dispensing and delivering the prescriptions, the purchasing dashboard. We have a very complicated purchasing structure and all the different vendors that we source the medicine from. So the purchasing dashboards help us tremendously. From a sales standpoint, um, we're looking at all Salesforce.com and, and all that's fed into the dashboard, and then all of our HR metrics. So these these team members on the ground, they've got access to all this data, all these dashboards that we've developed, not only for themselves but the other uh, team members responsible for the you know key functions in the pharmacy, and it's had a huge impact on the business. I mean that. That is the one thing that has gotten us to where we are today is having the right people in the pharmacies and then having the data at their fingertips so that they can understand what's going on and more importantly, affect change. We've uh, we probably, including our own labor consulting, we probably invested three or four million dollars in this area to develop this data warehouse and for a company of our size that's not insignificant. You mentioned how the dashboards allow your your people to get fingers on the data. I've been asking the question maybe more regularly uh, to finance leaders whether they can get their 
fingers on the data. And so many of them tell us that it's, it's really challenging still at this point. Uh, I don't believe they have those dashboards that you speak of. And again, uh, you know, it could be a, a, a figure of speech, a dashboard. We all think we know what a dashboard is. Um, can you share with us some insight into what exactly the experience is for uh, your, your, your partner groups in terms of uh, when you say having that, that data at their fingertips? I want to I make a lot of finance leaders uh, jealous out there. David, what, what exactly are you uh, – what exactly is the experience that your, your directors of finance have when they want to get their fingers on the data? Well, if you step back, we are a production business. We're a pharmacy. We don't serve retail customers like a Walgreens or CVS, but we fill prescriptions in compliance packaging and deliver them to the assisted living and skilled nursing homes. We also do consulting and uh, help them track their electronic medical records and, and just a sundry of services so we fill prescriptions and this year we're 15 million prescriptions uh, you know going to 17 next year so we track productivity on a per prescription level so the directors of finance can look at how our data entry group is doing on getting prescriptions entered and processed we can look in fulfillment and see how we're doing on getting prescriptions filled and then through the proper review channel. So it's tracking the prescriptions through the labor workforce. On the purchasing side, the purchasers in each of the pharmacies can track who they're buying from what, how their compliance with the various vendors look, uh, did we access the right products from the right vendor to get the right price so you know they're tracking that and then you've got the financial dashboards that are showing revenue revenue per rx revenue by the customer home and uh, the various expense metrics down to the you know operating profit for each location Okay, that was uh, David Morris, CFO of Guardian Pharmacy. Brett, I um, perhaps you listened to the earlier episode as well with David, again, 422. Uh, but just this clip, I wanted to make certain uh, to put in front of you and try to get uh, a sense uh, of uh, the impression it might have made on you, this CFO, what he shared. Uh, what do you think?
Now, very often, uh, hiring and talent is managed at, at the local level as well. Is there uh, room uh, on the dashboard for some human capital uh, measurements, or is that not as mission critical? Well, I think it's absolutely mission critical, but I believe it's a bridge way too far. I, uh, here's the thing, Nick. Uh, we've been using, you and I, you know, we've been using dashboards for the last 50 years. We've been using them in our cars. Uh, think of when your kid uh, goes off to get their driving license. Uh, it's a social tech issue. 20% technical, 80% social, I, I was told, is driving. And so when your kid goes off to driver's ed, uh, they spend a day or two in the classroom. That's the easy part. That's the technical part. They're learning the rules of the road, just what a speed sign is and how to read it, stop signs and yields and stuff. That's the same like easy part. Now comes the tough part, the behavior that we're looking for. And that's where I need the actual in-car work. And I, and I work as an apprentice. I got to put hours and hours in the car to learn that skill set. Leadership's the same. Leadership is 20% technical, 80% social, just like driving. And these dashboards, their job is to describe that 20% technical with the strategy in near real time. But that doesn't negate the need for that other part, the 80% social. And uh, you point out several times in the interview that you know, that's where 80% of his time spent. And that's what his focus is. He recognized that he spent three million bucks on a dashboard scorecard and thing, and still spends most of his time on the, the human capital side. So, my ability, and you know, I've driven in many cities as you have. There's no question we have all the same data. We have the same dashboard in our cars, exactly the same data, and we all drive very differently. And so, it's the same with leadership. In order for him to build his cadre of local general managers, there's a lot of hand-holding, apprenticeship, and learning. And maybe I'm alive, but I, I don't believe we can build those things into dashboards. We can make sure the issues are apparent on the dashboard and maybe even force a conversation about the right topics, but it still has to go into the social architecture to get executed. Thought leader listeners, don't go anywhere. I'm about to ask Brett Knowles why so many CFOs are addicted to their Salesforce data? We're going to ask that question after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. Well, as we continue to interview CFOs, we are uh, increasingly, I'm asking about data, where they're finding it, what sources of data you know, have they discovered? And a number of them have 
suggested that they go to Salesforce. They look at that Salesforce data and they use it as a point of comparison uh, with other benchmarks. What um, I, I've been surprised by how often that is the, the answer. Why is that, do you think? Well, the good news is that part two of the age of real-time strategic dashboards will shortly be available. The bad news is this is the end of part one. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you our next episode, part two. Thought Leader listeners, whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey, your professional narrative needs a reboot. Join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series, Finance and the Power of Narrative. It's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals. Thank you for listening.